Hey everyone, uh, welcome back to Pretending With Dice. As always, I'm your host, uh, AJ. Uh, welcome to not only the first episode of 2021, but also the first in a brand new series of interview episodes that we're going to be doing. Uh, I'm very honoured to be joined today by the host of not one, but two amazing RPG podcasts, uh, What Am I Rolling and the DM's Book Club, uh, Fiona. Uh, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, thank you for having me, or thanks for me for asking you to put me on this podcast. It's all, it's all good stuff. Thank you. How are you? I'm pr- I'm pretty good. Yeah. Um, now the sort of uh, holiday, sort of December craziness is sort of out of the way. Mm. We're sort of getting back on track. It's always a bit of a busy time here for, well, not not just mm. for sort of podcast stuff, but just life in general. So <laughs> no. it's so weird. You think end, you think end of the year is like oh, it's darker, so people don't have that much stuff to do. Apparently, every, everyone's just super super busy, and then you can't be contacted for like two weeks. Mm. You don't really do anything, or you don't really know. It's really. I, I had the same thing. I wasn't. I obviously didn't go anywhere for the holidays, but I was just like, God, how is t- time? Just is an illusion, and it just stretches and, and stuff. It's so weird. Yeah, I feel like the last three four weeks have just sort of dropped off of they just started and now yeah. suddenly we're like in the second half of january and it's just gone <laughs> it's so weird isn't it i did think that to myself today thank god january's already gone what am i gonna do i don't know i don't know what's <laughs> happened with it but um i mean it, it's led it to being what seems to be like an like an unplanned tradition every year on the podcast of just like us having no episodes almost to put out in january so we seem to take the month off amazing yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, never on purpose because i you know i want to keep the momentum rolling and keep things going but then it just comes around to january mm. and it's like well, okay well i guess we're i guess we're taking a break <laughs> but we're back now <laughs> I so, guess, yeah i guess we're on leave now <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't get me wrong you know I like, I like having a slight break in the editing but yeah it's good to keep yeah. things rolling <laughs> yeah of course of course uh, um I suppose first things first, we should probably, for, for our listeners who maybe haven't sort of had a chance to listen to your stuff, sort of maybe give like a bit of a brief rundown about um, mm-hmm. sort of what, what your podcast's uh, kind of deal is. Because I mean, I mean, even before we do that, I mean, I, I don't know if I have the mental brain space to host two podcasts at once. So, I mean, the, <laughs> I'm incredibly <laughs> impressed with the, <laughs> with that straight away. But um, so, yeah, I, I guess maybe just give, give our listeners a bit of a um, quick rundown, I guess. Yeah, no worries. And, and yeah, don't worry. I also don't think I have headspace for two podcasts either. And yet here, here we are. <laughs> here we are. Um, so I, uh, so I'm just, it's just, you know, when you think of, oh, I should really get numbers down for these things, but I never do. So I am the host of What Am I Rolling, which is a twice monthly RPG one-shot podcast. We've been going for nearly, I think nearly three years now. Uh, I think it's like, you know, when it's like February at some point. Hmm. And that uh, came about because, so in my boring, normal nine to five job, I work as a content developer for a university. So basically getting like lecture notes and uh, you know, video capture, et cetera, online for the students. And I've been a big proponent of getting audio online because, frankly, no one needs to watch an hour video of a lecture when you could just listen to the audio if you're on the bus and, and stuff like that. And yeah. being, you know, I just think there's something amazing about audio that can uh, is accessible to everyone, but also uh, is just it's easier to edit, it's easier to upload to the internet, it's just a whole load of things. So I was a big proponent of that, but I didn't have the skills. And then on top of that, I have a, a ton of RPG books. I just sat very lonely on my shelf going, please play me. And I'm just like, oh, I don't I don't have time. And then I have, yeah, I, I live in the capital in London. And I, I there's like, oh, my friend, we'd go around to friends' places, but it'd always be in the pub or it'd always be a really loud thing. And you just, I don't know, just something about like meeting up and telling a story or having a unique experience, whether it's a board game or something. And I just thought, maybe if I can combine all three things give myself a project because I'm one of those people that loves a, <laughs> loves a project. Mm. And so that's where it sort of came about. So I, I started 
collecting these books and started like when we were at people's houses about to play a game that I said, Hey, we could play this one shot. And do you mind if I record you whilst we do it? And we sort of <laughs> moved a, from there. A good way of getting it rolling. I think with mine, I, I sort of, um, it was, a, it was a similar sort of thing that I sort of saw this growing collection of books and thought, well, I sort of do put at the time I was doing a completely different mm-hmm. podcast with a friend of mine um, who it moved away. I mean, it was all in-person recording. It's a pre discord. Mm-hmm. And um, mm. that one was coming to win, and I thought, oh, you know, I, I want to, I want to do more, <laughs> I want to do more role playing. Yeah. I also want to keep the podcast thing going, so combine mm-hmm. the two sort of things. So yeah, I very much see where you're coming from in that. But- yeah, and then and then uh, the DM's book club came about. So went into uh, the first lockdown back in March of 2020, and I was kind of going. Well, our D and D game went online, which was really good. Like, because everyone always has one D and D game or one RPG game they play regularly. Mm. And I kind of was like, well, the other problem I have is not only do I have several RPG books I don't read, but I also have many, many Wizard of the Coast books that I buy and then don't read. And I felt really guilty about it because they are there. It's because it, it's like, oh, I must have a look at the next one. And there's all these modules I never ran, and there's all these like custom, you know, customized weapons and all that sort of thing. So I thought, why don't I drag the other person that is as passionate about D and D that I am, so my actual uh, DM Ryan, and we can challenge each other to start doing some reading in lockdown. Because I was really struggling to do any sort of fictional reading. I I couldn't concentrate on any books. But I thought if we set ourselves like a reading task every week or so come up with a topic and then talk about it because i'm sure you'll know is that when you read something you think oh this is really cool but you can't tell anyone in mm. case it ruins the story oh 100 so percent yeah <laughs> yeah so it was it was just very nice to be able to just dip in to that so ryan comes from a purely sort of D perspective as as do i but then i also talk about different rpgs that we've run and then how you could changed it and then it was actually just a really cool um sort of experiment because i thought why because it was the first time i'd ever recorded properly online and we just recorded the start of uh, season two today actually um and it's just amazing that we've managed to put a podcast all together through online which i know to many people doesn't seem they say oh well obviously but actually i did most of my recording in person Mm. but what am i rolling uh, just because it, I just found it, it was easier and stuff. But actually, since being locked down and stuff, I was like, oh, actually, this can reach so many more people who actually wanting to play the games or be able to schedule it better. And I can, because like, I've got quite a few friends in America, I was able to do that. And so it was just, it's just, yeah, it was just something going from trying to do the second podcast, which is completely online, has actually affected the first podcast. So yeah, that, that that's me in a nutshell. As you can tell, I go around <laughs> big loop of thought whenever I talk about it. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, 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 sort of evolving to an online thing is definitely something that's kind of happened with us as well when we first started mm. um our first group was uh, myself dming um with uh my friends uh, eden uh mark and jason and we very quickly after sort of meeting a few other people online including the people from uh from penance rpg and such mm-hmm. became sort of well why don't we we can we can record online as well sort of thing and it, it sort of immediately kind of expands the potential group of players as you say it's you know it's such a a useful tool, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, I really, <laughs> I definitely feel the um, what you're saying as well before about having um, all the Wizards of the Coast books just sort of sitting there, going like, "Oh, you know, this is so much stuff, and it's really good." But I, I kind of, I get it, and it, I, I give it a quick read through and go, "Oh, this is really cool." Mm-hmm. And it never, they, I, I feel like I never have enough sort of time in the day to give it the proper in in depth read that it needs. So. Mm-hmm. yeah that's definitely yeah <laughs> again a big same <laughs> yeah I, th- I think for me as well it's like when you read stuff and you think oh this is really cool 
and then you want to share it with someone. But if you share it with your players or, or someone who's involved in the campaign in some way, you're oh no, this is going to spoil the story. And that's the constant worry we had. Yeah. But what's been yeah. interesting is that throughout, because obviously we've been continuing our campaign online, um, my DM, Ryan, he, he's managed to do stuff. And then I'll be like, okay, what's your topic? He goes, well, we've just finished this. And I know a lot about it. Let's do this. And I'm like, okay. So it's no longer spoilers for me because obviously <laughs> we've, we've just passed that fresh mark. So we did like... Like right at the beginning, we did stuff on giants, and that's because we just finished mm. a big uh, story section on giants, uh, which my character was it was very much backstory esque. But I had deliberately not looked at any of it because I didn't want to. Again, there's that whole thing about oh, meta gaming, etc. And I'd rather find out about it through the story. Yeah. And then yeah. after it sort of finished, uh, Ryan was like, "Right, let's let's look at it," and you can and it, and you can see the bits you missed. And I was like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> so I guess he's kind of having to sort of look at things a little bit in advance of of the of the podcast recording rather than uh, as you say you pick you're pick, maybe picking the topic a little bit closer to or have so i got that kind of backwards I, I, <laughs> ideally ideally aj yes what really <laughs> happens is i go do you want to record this weekend and and we both go uh yes pick a topic that's less than five pages <laughs> and we can go from there um but yeah, it, it, it be, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's a bit sometimes it's a bit of a mad scramble but it's ultimately as long as we but as we both sort of read the stuff and are passionate about it because i think that's the thing is hmm. with all role-playing games so if you're not passionate about it then it doesn't it's very hard to go into your head um like for example today we talked a bit about the the new uh, tasha's cordon of everything in the sense of the the different you know, obviously customize your race and and all, all that sort of thing the new feats and then we had a quick look at sidekicks because uh sidekicks i find a really interesting mm. uh like sort of new newish thing that's been put into books recently like obviously they've always been a thing like you know you create a player character that can be an assistant or, or helps the party as a heel bot or whatever but actually having rules for a psychic which is a very simple process not a full player character but you could use it obviously if there's um when it's just like if you've only got one player in your group or a very small uh, player group, uh, or if someone is like, I, I really don't have the headspace or I really don't know how to play a full spellcaster, you could just develop a sidekick like like uh, thing, get them to try it, and then you could uh, not transform it, you can uh, upgrade it, it uh, make it into a player <laughs> character. You can go from one step to another and, and yeah. increase the difficulty. Like Again, it I, it depends on how people find it. And so it was just quite interesting from that point. So yeah, we always just pick a topic that interests us or one we've read really recently and gone, that sounds cool. And it's not just limited to the official books as well. We've done stuff on uh, like the, uh, on D and D beyond there's the encounters of the week. Uh, we've done a few of those. Um, the combat wheelchair, which came out last year. We had a look mm, at that. Yeah. Um, Cause that was really cool. Uh, to just check check something out that was completely homebrew. I think that's like a first one we ever did was homebrew. And then recently as well, we've got some guest hosts that have come in, and we've talked about uh, the uh, the Heroes Feast, the D and D cookbook that's also come out, and you know challenging ourselves to put more descriptions about food into our campaigns. So it's it's really a wide a wide topic, but ultimately it is stuff that we enjoy or passionate about, or, or something we've just read. That's the Normal go to, and it's never planned in advance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I suppose that that that's the thing, isn't it? There's such a wide variety of like rules and things that can be included in these games now. So even like mm -hmm. you say, from just from official sources, that mm. I guess you can, you can sort of almost go like, okay, today let's let's talk about like you say new feats. Let's talk about new things and that, and you get a whole episode out of it. It's, I mean, mm. there's a lot of potential there. I, I, I like it. I feel like um, I d I don't personally do enough deep dives into rules. That's the thing. I, I kind of mm. um, 
it's uh, it's a bit of a sort of I wouldn't call it like a bit of a kind of blank spot because I do know <laughs> I, I I kind yeah. of yeah I was gonna say I don't I'm not completely flying by um sort of uh, yeah the seat of your pants yeah, yeah. yeah not all the time <laughs> but I will I mean long term listeners will know that a couple of the games we played there's been a bit of kind of stumbling our way through this game sort of thing <laughs> vibe going on um most of which gets edited out but i i mean maybe it's just moving a bit self-conscious but i can't help but think like i'm some certain points it's fairly obvious that i don't know what i'm talking about but oh yeah. I, I i trust trust me i guess uh again interesting enough the reason why i started doing one shots was because i didn't have the confidence or brain power to remember what happened in the previous session uh so that, that that's my secret if anyone is like worried about like uh, gming and the other thing as well is that if i saw this rule somewhere but i've implemented it quite a bit if i can't find the ruling within 30 seconds just go with my gut and act as if i know and my goodness, games go so much quicker when you do that. Yeah. <laughs> that and obviously oh, that, afterwards that you can check it totally and stuff and sense. be like, oh, oh, you got it. Oh, you got it wrong. But that's okay. You know, for next time. But it's just because I know I'm sure you're the same. Sometimes when you're bogged down with books, and you go, let me just check that. And then five minutes later, you go, oh, it was this. Mm. Cool. And it's like, well, that's the, the moment's gone and combat and stuff. So I, yeah, I, I, I used to be really anxious early on. Because I thought, oh, I need to know all the rules, especially if it's a new system. Yeah. It turns out, compared to D and D, where most people have a grasp of what's going on because it's just so familiar and it's obviously on nearly every uh, stream, every podcast is usually a D and D one. Uh, if you, if no one else knows the system but you, has so much power <laughs> and it's so great, <laughs> it's so good. And and you know, ultimately, again, as long as you've got a, a grasping of the rules, uh, if somebody asks a question, you can go, "That's a really good question. I'm going to say this." Mm. And then be like, cool, because they they can't challenge you on it until afterwards when you go, I was wrong, but you agreed with me at the time, did you not? <laughs> <laughs> it was cool though, wasn't it? Yeah, you know, in exactly, retrospect, exactly you know. It, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I say that that's kind of how we we've, we've sort of ended up playing things really. Um, mm. uh, the the major examples I can think of was we play Call of Cthulhu, um, mm. and I would say our grasp of the rules of that was not great. But we had, we had a we had a fun time. Oh, I, I do. I, we, again, last year I think we did play Call of Cthulhu for the first time, and I, I remember when I because I was a player first mm. trying it out, and I really enjoyed it. And I, I went to look at how to GM it, and my goodness, there's so many combat is ugh, oh, there's, there's a lot there, which, isn't there? Yeah, there's so much <laughs> there. So it was great because obviously I have to say, well, you could fight this creature or you could die, and they were like, mm. <laughs> so that, that made it easier. But yeah, like I. For me, with Call of Cthulhu especially, there's so much cool stuff to do with storytelling and that creeping sense of dread and stuff. And we played, um, maybe maybe, maybe you played this one, but uh, the uh, Keeper's Handbook is the Admits the Ancient Trees, which is all you have to go find someone in the deep, dark forest. You've got to, it's a, it's a missing girl. And it's so creepy and scary. And we only had two players for it. They bloody loved it. There was a moment <laughs> where I did, I did the twist and w- one, of the, one of the players went, fuck really loudly which i had to edit out yeah. <laughs> i honestly yeah. you know you you had that as a D, as a dm you're like i've got them i've done it but you can't show it because obviously you're playing the villain yeah. so <laughs> oh, but uh, the best thing is put if you know there's a twist coming up and you can pull it off if that like the the it's the worst feeling in the world is like dropping what you thought was going to be like an earth shattering moment and everyone just looks at you, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's great when that kind of stuff comes together. I did read that scenario. I'm t- I was thinking back. I was sort of, I mean, it was a couple of years ago. We did 
Call of Cthulhu actually. Mm. Well, that's gone quickly as well because mm. <laughs> I feel like it feels oh. like it wasn't that long ago. And then I I look at the dates and it's like oh 2018. Okay, all right. <laughs> hey, tw- no, I I say 28. Oh yeah, because now we're not in 2020 anymore. Yeah. Oh god. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, well, but I mean the the story we played on the podcast was 100 percent a homebrew one because I'd sort of come up with my own cool. sort of setting and that. But I mm-hmm. do I do remember reading through that scenario and I want I, I want to mm. go back to it at some point because there's a lot of um, a lot, a lot of stuff that we didn't really get to kind of explore in terms of like mm-hmm. game mechanics and sort of just sort of story things and, and stuff, which I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, I'm mm-hmm. terrible for running. Like, I, I don't know. I, I, I pick up all these books and modules and things and I just never end up running any of the pre-written modules because <laughs> it comes to recording and I'm like, oh, no, yeah. but I've got my setting and or not, I'm not like tied to it or anything, but I just kind of... No we'll be sort of getting prepped and I'm sort of putting a new group together, whatever. And like a, a story idea will hit me and I'll go, Oh, let's just do this one. You know, that, that's, oh, that, that, yeah. That's, that's, no, that's so fascinating. Cause for me, cause obviously I have to learn a new system every couple of episodes. I, I live off quick starts mm. and quick start scenarios. Um, I think only once or twice have I made, uh, on a handful uh, on counting on my hand, could I make a, a scenario just because it, the system is so generic. Or I've had, a, like you said, like a really good idea. So yeah, so it's, so like the the admits the east uh, admits the ancient trees scenario was perfect for that. There was also because we used the like the quick start Call of Cthulhu seventh edition uh, stuff as well. That that one which is about uh, the creepy old man's house, which is you know, always a good start to any uh, <laughs> horror game. But that but it was just all very straightforward, and then you could expand on that. Yeah, but I, I'm a big fan of using pre written stuff because only recently have I started branching out and doing my own homebrew stuff just because I worry that if I say something wrong I can't justify it which I know sounds really odd because I've started doing lots of improvising and stuff so I'm getting better at it but if I don't have a core story in my head that you go from point A to point B um, and you have certain things along the way I I panic as a as a DM like because then like you said there's that moment we go I've given you this and they're gone we don't understand it or oh we guess it's this person as the mm. villain or whatever and I know players aren't like that at all. Like a very small minority of players are the ones who are going to like, you know, say to the to the DM. But I don't know something about a pre-written one. You go, well, I can go back to the book. It's here, yeah, and I trust yeah. that because there's at least three other professional in quotation mark writers that have done this. So you can't <laughs> can't go away from it. Whereas if it's me, I guess it's putting that personal thing on the table going look i wrote this what do you think don't hurt it please yeah. so um so i had that but that's that's incredible that you that you did your own call of cthulhu scenario do you do that quite often then you create your own scenarios for, i mean uh, your games i mean normally yeah but i mean i can't 100 percent say it's a good idea all the time <laughs> to be honest um <laughs> i was i was just i was amazed yeah, that's amazing that it was i, w- I will I mean, I've I've pretty much gone on record on the podcast as saying this that a lot of it I was kind of making up as I went along. Um, mm-hmm. I had an idea of it, uh, this is the, the general thing in, in, with my stuff in you know whether we're playing D anD D or Call of Cthulhu or what did we do? We did things from the flood as well last year. Oh, cool! Um, yes. That I'll rather than sort of write it out encounter by encounter, it, I tend to sort of have a general kind of idea of like, okay, here's here's what's going on here's a few kind of set piece things that the characters players might run into let's just see what happens you know Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i'll I'll have like a sort of starting thing you know here's the opening scene and then we'll just see what they'll do because long experiences (laughs) taught me that most of (laughs) you know things are going to go off the rails pretty quickly if i if i plan it too 
tightly my own stuff um as you say if you've got the book there in the quick start you know or a pre-written module you can sort of refer back to it but i yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) i I think my my page of notes for call of cthulhu bearing in mind we did 13 episodes was one side of a5 with (gasps) some character names on it which i don't i don't recommend it Fair enough, fair yeah, enough. I mean, it, oh, wow. it turned out all right in the end, and I think a lot of people dug what we put out. But yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's to pretend that I had a lot of stuff planned is yeah. yeah. <laughs> I yeah, think no, we've, we've gotten very lucky in things turning out well. It's, it was a testament to my players more than anything else because you know that could have very quickly turned into like a well, what are we even doing here? Sort of conversation. Yeah. You know, why why are we leaving this warm, comfy place to go outside <laughs> where there's cold? We should stay here. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no, that would have been the smart option. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, as you say that, I mean, being able to sort of have the quick start stuff has got to be pretty helpful, right? Especially with um, doing so many one shots. Mm, yeah. So I, I, um, I again, because of the the lockdown and stuff, I think I've discovered that, like, I used to read when I commuted, and mm. so I'd have a book in my bag or something like that. But since not, you know, not being able to commute, I just I really struggle to do it. So anything that's I like, I try and look for quick start rules that are under twenty pages, including a scenario, which I know seems like a very, very weird, uh, like a caveat or a weird requirement. But it's because I know I all struggle to read it. And if you send something bigger to players, be like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this. It's all you need to know. They're not going to read it, especially if not going to be able to print it out at work or anything like that. Mm. So I just want I try and keep it as simple as possible. And just take what I need. I've been very, you know, I'm very grateful that um, thanks to Adobe Reader, I can, you know, take some of the pages out and like make a player's copy and be like, this, just read this two pages, you're fine. Yeah. Here's your character sheet. All Here's that all you need and, to know, kind of thing. Yeah. Just because, again, before, uh, before lockdown, I'm playing on, I, I never played online. And so having to, I mean, I, I'm sure you've had this as well. For me, recording online has been a blessing. Because I can tell people to be quiet and stop, you know, mute themselves, or I can mute them, all that sort of thing. Um, if they need to repeat myself, I can, and I can edit it out much cleaner. Uh, so recording-wise is great, but you don't have the say. I feel that some people have this weird sort of thing where they can't have a physical copy in front of them. It's all on, you know, you're staring at screens. Uh, people can use uh, physical dice or uh, dice rollers, and they're worried that oh god, if we're using a dice roller online, you've got to know the code for it. I go, I I trust you to roll your dice. You just need to tell. You need to ask me if you if you don't if you're unsure. Ask me, and I will tell you which dice to roll and what they mean. You know, but I guess it's I don't know compared to if you're there in person when you can just like point physically on a sheet or be like, oh, those dice, you know, pointing to them. Yeah. yeah. Um. So it's it's for me it's a, it's good in the sense of access accessibility for recording and you know being able to share stuff easily. But I feel that you do um you do lose that sort of thing where people are like, oh God, I'm looking at sheets. Oh, I'm looking at my screen. Oh. I don't know if I enjoy this, and there's that worry as well on that front. But otherwise, I've I've actually really really enjoyed playing online. Like I, I was one of those people who never played like a in a convention game mm-hmm. uh, at cons or anything like that. Again, a mixture of anxiety and imposter syndrome and all that sort of thing. But now I've I've run so many games online. Now I'm like I could easily go to a con and not be worried about it. And you know I, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. I I just didn't have the experience. But now doing it so much online, I feel like oh I can. If slash when we ever go back to normal, I could do that, and I yeah, I can't wait to try it. Actually, when I go back, yeah, yeah, I I I feel like um I've had some 
I've, been, I've gotten real lucky with convention games because I, I don't tend to go to too many conventions really we've really mm. only gone up to we've gone up to dragon meet three times um obviously mm -hmm. not this past one because there wasn't one um mm -hmm. i've gotten real lucky being able to play well, all three times actually with um nikolai from penance running the game and um mm. he, he's just so good at rolling with whatever players throw at him while also kind of having a a fairly you know a pretty strong idea of what he's trying to do with the game and that as well mm -hmm. i feel like i'm not quite there in terms of <laughs> being able to roll on the fly in a, in a combined a confined sort of time limit as well of a convention game so yeah mm -hmm. i'm really anyone who's got the confidence to say yeah we're gonna we're gonna run a game at a convention mm -hmm. where you know anybody could sort of really roll up to it is uh you know um no oh, yeah yeah it's a big yeah, thing. You know, it's, 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 it's very anxiety-inducing, isn't it? And I think, but now I feel it's really good because on Zoom, you could be like, "I'm just going to take five minutes, one second, and then you can turn off your camera and you and meet yourself and you go, "Ah, oh, it's like <laughs> panic, 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 panic," and then you go, "Okay, ready to play now." You can't really do that in real life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just have yeah. a convenient pillow there to scream into, in case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's as a recording online. We tend to um, just use Discord, really, and. Um, mm -hmm. We've got, I think we've got a dice bot on the channel, but again, I'm mm -hmm. I'm happy if people want to use their dice to just roll it on the desk and tell me because it's only themselves, it's only the sort of the the group as a whole and the story that they're cheating if yeah. they cheat, you know, because like and and the end of the day we're just it sounds it sounds I shouldn't this isn't the sort of thing a D, you know, DM should be saying, but we're just playing a game, so why oh, are you cheating sort of thing. Oh, yeah. um, so, but, yeah. and also you also you think like people must people invest so much money into dice sets and then you're okay we're gonna roll online and they're just there going but my dice my pretty <laughs> gems I've, i bought look they cl clickety clack and you're like okay fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, i'm sympathetic as well because i you know mm. just the joy mm. that seems to bring people of like oh look i got this new set it's made of opal or it's made of this and like, cool um now use this yeah, you're dice still gonna, you're, yeah. <laughs> you're still you're still you're still gonna roll shit don't <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so uh, to to get back to the 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 one shots thing with the what am i rolling um yes was it or it always kind of the idea of like it's going to be a one shot every time or do you ever thought about maybe sort of stringing some together into a longer campaign or, or was this sort of um always the switching up each time is that the, that the idea yeah. Mm, so yeah so based off so that was saying before when i was sort of putting you know thinking of doing a podcast i went along to uh a like a podcast workshop ran at oh god i can't remember what they're called now but somewhere in Whitechapel where they do all these you know open courses and stuff and it was like an evening yeah and the guy was saying like you know look at the other podcasts or in your field where you think you'd want to do it and see what you can do that's different mm. and Obviously, when you look, if you type in RPG into Apple iTunes or, or Spotify, you get a lot of uh, Dungeons and Dragons RPGs. And I'm thinking that fine, you know, obviously, and this is the thing, I know Dungeons and Dragons, as we talked about it for like the last 20 minutes, is super accessible. <laughs> but there's only so many times you can, you, you start listening to a podcast and it's the same, usually an all male cast. Oh, oh, the first couple of episodes are a bit, uh, you're a bit varying audio quality. Uh, they're pretty much, oh, this is a character creation episode. You always have one that's two hours. There's always someone that goes, I've got a really cool idea. And it turns out it's the most boring idea because it's you, you've not had time to fall in love and get endeared to the character. And then they've got hundreds and hundreds of episodes, which are like three or four hours long. And I, it's just one of those things where unless you're someone who's like watched Critical Role from the beginning and you've got endeared to like the players and stuff, 
or any D&D stream, for a matter of fact, I just use Critical Role because that's the example where they've gone from sort of midline sort of audio quality and stuff to high production values. Um, I was just like, mm, I don't, I didn't want to tie myself into to doing that because it, it was, like I said, there's so many D&D podcasts out there, some really excellent ones, some mediocre ones as well. So I was like, I don't, I don't really want to do that. And the other thing was I wanted to play more RPGs because, and I'm sure you have this as well, a lot of the time people do want to play and they only want to play. They never want to run games because they find it's too stressful or, or I, don't, I don't know if I'll get the rules right. Uh, but then when you run D&D, because everyone's so familiar with it, they will know what the monster is or they're like, oh, in the very rare cases, people be like, oh, well, it's AC is this and it's definitely this it's immune to and we can't hit it with this. And I was just like, if I run a game which they haven't played, no one could tell me I've done it wrong. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> But also, running other systems, I think, makes you a better player. It makes you think a bit more about outside the box and stuff. So you're not going, I'll just, I'm just going to hit this. I, I'm fed up of talking. I just want to do combat. If you, if you try playing games that don't have any dice rolls in at all, and it's just conversation, and it's about thinking those things, I think it just opens up your mind. And I think you become a bit more courteous as well, because you realize that not all games are run the same way or, or are different. And I'd hope that what i what i do is that people will listen and go oh wow that's that was such a fun little one shot they ran and it literally the rules were on are on an a sort a4 piece of paper and it was all vaguely made up i could run that for my family i can run it for my friends and stuff so it was always so that's a mixture of stuff so it was more like I wanted to do something different that was away from the other podcasts in the field uh something that used a lot more systems just because uh i felt it would make me a better player in general and be just trying that out but most i think mostly it is because i have no memory for remembering people's <laughs> names or anything like that i i have thought about bringing people back to do like sequels of games so we did one last year or two years ago called uh, mars colony which is a two-person player game and it's very political sci-fi where one person plays the savior of mars and one person plays the governor of all the other roles and you just do if you imagine like the west wing is a whole like hour two hour political film essentially mm. and they get given all these sort of problems that they have to solve but of course there's so many pressures on them to get it right and they don't think they're right for the job etc yeah and so we played that and it was really good we were both really like we were shaking at the end because we were like we were so tense and, and just managed to succeed to save the colony but at, at the player's downfall because that's the toss-up is that if people don't appreciate what the savior is trying to do they will just vote them out uh, regardless and it was it was a very very passionate sort of thing, and we were, both me and my my friend David were playing it. So I was the governor in that one, and he was playing uh, Kelly Perkins, I think he was called the the character. And then there's a sequel called uh, it's either called Thirty Nine Dark or Dark Thirty Nine. I can't remember <laughs> off the top of my head. I got it wrong. <laughs> got it wrong thing. But then it's the same thing, but it's set after uh, what Kelly Perkins did, or or you can set it independently. So then we switched it around. And it was a very similar thing, but this time it was more of a, a pressure, uh, more pressure groups and more sort of uh, possible terrorist violence and stuff. Mm. I've got to be honest, some of the stuff we did in, in that game, it was, it was really, really good. But it, watching, say, so, uh, watching some of the stuff that happened in the Capitol recently, I was like, hmm, I don't think I can release 39 Dark <laughs> just yet. Not, not the best uh, time. To, not the best time, yeah. but... It, but but again, it was it was such a different game as well, which I would not have played. The fact that it is, it can only be two players, 
it is a lot of talking and there are there is dice rolling but it is so tense and then you having to gamble on certain things and it's the way you talk to people and dependency on your success and everyone's got a hidden agenda and stuff mm. so it's just a very different way of creating a story i i honestly i would highly recommend both of them so that's mars colony and either Dark 39 or 39 Dark by uh, Tim Copapan or something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll, d- I'll definitely check those out. That definitely yeah, sounds... Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I always lean more towards the sort of uh, role-playing rather than dice-rolling sort of mm. side of things, just in, in yeah. personal preference kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I'd say as well, yeah. the mechanics for it do seem quite hard at the beginning but if you just what i do with my games which sounds really cheesy but i would copy and paste them and then put them into a user-friendly document and then edit it so it makes sense in my writing mm. so i think in the end i took a a, a very slim 60 page book and whittled it down to maybe six pages of like here's the stages you need to do it yeah and then once you get to the like here's how the gameplay works it's just nine scenes that repeat themselves uh, with little variants on depending on what you do and stuff so i yeah so it might seem overwhelming with the game mechanics for those for those two but once you've got it it's very straightforward and, and very replayable i'd say I, I we thought about it for a long time afterwards both me and david was like oh we, we could play this with other people like it, and it doesn't have to be like uh it could be with friends or you could do it with a couple uh or anything like that. i think david played it for his partner uh uh l getting her into role play as well and mm. so yeah i oh yeah I'm really excited when I remember those games. It was so good. It go a different way every time, sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It was really, really good. Yeah. Really devastating in places as well. I would. I'll definitely check that out. Like I say, that's that sounds that sounds right up my street. That one. Yes. Um. So yeah, I mean, like you said, ed- sort of editing down the the ed- kind of cutting down the sixty page book into like a helpful sort of um. I don't want to call it a cheat sheet, but I mean that's that that's it, yeah, definitely no, a cheat sheet, crib sheet. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, that I, I had to do that. Um, we played fairly early on in our run. We played Star Trek Adventures before the core rulebook had actually been released. Oh, oh yes, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that I was definitely sort of because I've I signed up for sort of pre-release stuff on that and things, and we we kind of I played it with my friends who run a Star Trek podcast, so that was kind of a cool sort of thing. But that was definitely a case of like I need to make myself a, a cheat sheet or find one online because. I don't have the rulebook yet. It hasn't been printed. <laughs> yeah, because so. that's that's the uh, that's the two D20 system. Yeah, and yeah. Rolling low is good. Mm. Which is a uh, bit yeah, of that, a change that, that, of gears from from D and D. Yeah, it was it was definitely a, a shift. And I was and yeah, you've got your it's the two. Th- uh, I can't remember the the actual names, but you have skill, and then it's like a trait, and then you put them together to make the target number and yeah, all that sort of yeah. thing. And you're just like. Oh yeah, it yeah. I had a I had to do a crib sheet for that as well, and I just I still couldn't get it into my head when we did the scenario for that. It really fun though, and I play I ran it with some people who love Star Trek, mm. and they 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 had a way again as as we've sort of discussed the players. You know, you know your ideal, they're like cool Star Trek, you know, uh, the Federation, etc. They were like, just want to find Space Gregs. That place <laughs> is burning. Maybe there. <laughs> like, that, that well, that's partly what I love about that system as well. That that sort of value system because they can pretty much mm-hmm. put anything in there. Of like, what's your value? I really want to find, you know, I, I want to find love amongst the stars, or like, I want to, I want to look for a cool mushroom, or like, you know, I don't know, I don't, two places yeah, my brain a, went, but yeah, there's there's like um, I I don't think they're called quirks. I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong. Again, it's been so long since I watched it, but it's like oh, it's been a while certain things well. you. <laughs> It's like certain interest you have, and I just remember the the, the main ship. Was like, oh, special specialties, I think oh, it was. Yeah, and he had like yeah. 
he had like two like regular ones you would assume you'd use you know in the everyday running of the ship so like you know uh, comms or, or whatever mm. and then one i remember being was just like uh, a certain type of opera like when, when is this person ever going to use this in this <laughs> in the one shot in the in the quick start uh the, in the signals yeah. one shot you're like come on <laughs> we are actually uh I, I guess this this will probably serve as kind of an announcement actually because i haven't mentioned it on on the podcast before we are gearing up to do a longer campaign of star trek adventures again um, we did a one shot cool. last year in our sort of mad first lockdown scramble to <laughs> put together some stuff um yeah but we had a lot of fun with that and um so yeah we're, i think we're, we're looking at hopefully doing that this year i think oh nice that's awesome so, yeah like i I, re- I really enjoyed when when we did do it it just was took me a long time to get my head around the system but once you i think once you're once with any system you've got it yeah and, well, once you're as long as you enjoy it yeah, yeah exactly i have fun yeah, i mean I, I had a lot of fun with it um but that, that that as i say to go back to my original thing that first time when i played with a friend who uh from the spotlight podcast that was you know very much kind of learning it you know, kind of on the fly from it. the crib sheet was sort of um, sort of invaluable there. But again, I don't know why I did it. I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just homebrew a scenario. <laughs> yeah, madden. Yeah, yeah. yeah. madness. <laughs> I think what I'm coming to learn is that I really don't, I really shouldn't do things that way because, especially when it was like I knew we had a time limit to record with them. They were only going to be in town for um, one afternoon. I think we had total, including meeting up time and getting things ready and that we were going to have like three and a half hours. Wow. And Damn. yeah, and I, I had this, <laughs> I, you know, I put a fair amount of time into it as well. I was like, yeah, I've got this whole storyline and everything. And then of course, you know, things, you know, mm-hmm. never survive contact with the players if you do it that way. So <laughs> <laughs> I was sort of halfway through mentally kind of throwing out whole bits of the story and, and things and going, mm-hmm. oh, why didn't I just do a pre, pre-gen one? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that's my own fault. Uh, it turned I, out well, I, though. I, it was a fun story, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I, I think back to the times when I when I have done the old homebrew one and two, there was a system we did really, really early on called uh, Rhesus. I called it Riscus for the whole podcast, and then I had one person say, "I think you'll find it's pronounced this," and I was like, "Oh, okay." So Rhesus uh, okay. is—it's very, very straightforward in the sense of like you describe your character in like two lines. So I think it was like Bob the Barbarian, uh, vicious uh, fighter, bloodthirsty, but also likes poetry. Okay. And so from that, you get bloodthirsty uh, fighter and poetry as a, those are your sort of core skills in a way. Hmm. And then you roll D sixes or something like that. It was, that's the way you got traits. It was very much what you made of it. And I had, I played it with my friend Claire before she moved away. And it was really, at the time I was really obsessed with, um, orphan black. I don't know if you've seen that. Uh, I watched the first show. couple episodes of it. Episodes of it were hmm. like, I want to say, I mean, it was definitely still on the air at the time. Mm. It was, I think it had, it had gone a couple of series, and I'd watched the I watched the first couple of episodes, mm. and as happens with me, I then got distracted by something else and thought I'll go yeah, back I'll to see, that. Yeah. And it's still it's I think it's probably still sat on my Amazon watch list or something. But, mm, I, yeah. I mean, I, I only recently myself finished it because uh, it took me. I think it, I do think it, it dips and wanes the storyline does, but that those first couple of episodes actually inspired me to do the thing where basically this character we based it on herself and like she was a scientist of some sort but she was running where she was living at the time she was living in edinburgh and i was like describe you going for a run uh early morning around the meadows or whatever it was and she approached she she's tying her shoelace or something and she sees someone that's crying and she that they meet eyes and it's her 
and it's that whole spoilers for the end of episode one and season <laughs> one um but and she runs out into the road and gets hit by a car and it's the idea then the story went from there about like you know but uh it was so funny because uh my friend claire who was playing it she had no idea what was going on she was like am i dead is it ghosts and i was like no <laughs> and it's just like only short, now, narrowing it down and like i'm having other doppelgangers of her um appearing up she goes there's several ghosts of me and i'm like no away from the ghosts <laughs> so, so she wasn't really familiar with the the show either she, she, <laughs> oh no which, which was great because i think I mean, there's oh, always that yeah that's how yeah you i think it, there's, I guess. <laughs> It depends because I think I know I'm, I don't know about yourself, uh, AJ, but when when I describe something, I I try so so hard not to include cultural references until oh, yeah. I I kind of panic and go, it's like this, and people go, yeah yeah we got that, and I was like, damn it, like because sometimes sometimes I go straight to it, and then I go, I've cheated them out of a, a nice description or something like that, but then mm. I worry sometimes if the description's too long or rambly, I've lost them, and I go, uh, it's like the Bridgewater Hall in Manchester, and they go, oh yeah can see that and you're like mm, i probably shouldn't have made such a niche <laughs> reference but it was what was good about uh the the rhesus one yeah claire, claire didn't I, I hadn't seen it she, she was thoroughly creeped out by it and then at the end she was like oh it was clones and i was like here we go <laughs> <laughs> but it but it was fun but yeah i i, I didn't mind that too much because then it felt like um i could really lean into it and not be worried about Boiling it until there was that that you know that click moment where you know when the player does say "fuck, we've been betrayed," that sort of thing. It's mm. uh, I, I there's just something to, I as a DM I find that's really delicious because you're like, yes, I did it, my little play, <laughs> it's worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sort of said this earlier. You know when you, you sort of you you pull off a twist is great, but also having the plan and having the the player sort of. Be in the dark, but being so close to getting something is another one of those oh. things that kind of I'm there, like oh they're nearly there, or like oh they oh. or they they've just missed a thing that would have been very hard for them. That kind of thing is that that gets me every time. Um, it's yeah, I think it's like when you you know when you watch a horror film or anything, and you see like you see the person like looking in the cupboard and there's something behind them, and you're like, <gasps> and then mm. they shut it and they look turn around, they're not it's not there anymore, and you're like oh but it was there, and it's that that little <laughs> bit of knowledge. It's oh yeah, I I love that as a and it's not necessarily like a control or power thing. It's just I just love stories that do that. And you think oh they were so close to finding it, but that's changed the whole the scenario. That's changed the whole thing. And then oh that's such a shame. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> well, we we had um to go back. I mentioned the Call of Cthulhu um mm. game we ran before. There was a moment in that it was in one of the. I mean, I, I didn't have any clue how long it was going to run for when we when we started it ended up being 13 episodes just because i was like well we're we're still going i guess um <laughs> but um there's an, a moment early on where uh one of the characters i'm, I'm gonna try not to spoil things in case some you know people sure, haven't, sure. haven't listened to it yet but where they went and they heard something and they they just i i, I think i even asked them like are you gonna go upstairs and check that out and they went no i'll probably leave it and <laughs> <laughs> and then later on it came back and it was like I, I was able to use that as like well if you would have gone and looked that things would have gone very very different for you let's just say that way and mm -hmm. and but they had the moment like where i was able to say something had happened and it just kind of clicked for them and they went oh i was there and stuff and yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh that's super cute it's the best oh. thing I was making it up as I went along, though, so it was, you know, <laughs> it probably, it, it was better the way it went than it, it did. Um, definitely. <laughs> more than oh, anything. Definitely. But, um, 
So to take it right back then, so um, mm-hmm. we all kind of come to tabletop RPGs in different ways. So how 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 did you um, how did you first sort of come into doing this as a as a hobby, sort of as a as a thing? <laughs> um, as a as a thing, yeah. yeah. Um, so as you probably can tell from the last like last couple of minutes, uh, just talking to me, um, I don't do things by half. Uh, I am one of those people who, if I get obsessed with something. Uh, and using obsessed as a good word here mm. like if i get very passionate about something i will do everything i can to to learn about it and to to follow that because I, f- I feel that if you know if you can't enjoy something or you're worried that people are going to judge you for it uh, it's they're not worth your time or space of mind um and so throughout throughout my life like you know i've always i've always been one of those people like oh i wish i could do theater studies at gcsc but apparently i'm too clever for that you know they say that to anyone just to get them away from doing anything creative. <laughs> um, when I was at university, I, I was really into Doctor Who. So, you know, I became like one of the the members of the Doctor Who Society. Uh, when I got came to London, uh, there was a Quidditch club, uh, like ground Quidditch. And I I went along to the first session of that. And then five years later, I, I finished my Quidditch career after, you know, playing in several tournaments, mm. going to different places around the world, being on two or three different teams. Um, just because I was like, you know what, I, I need to meet people. You know, I've moved to a new place. I'm going to do it, and it was through Quidditch actually. As with, as with all nerds are, we all congregate around these niche things. Um, <laughs> someone asked if I wanted to do to um, try D and D, and I was absolutely delighted because it was one of those things where, I, again, it was not not really a part of my school life or or, or university. Just because, I guess it because with the rise of like streaming and Twitch and YouTube and stuff, there just wasn't anything. Uh, for me to watch or, or for me to see or i didn't know about it mm. like even, even then like uh, critical role i think was pretty close to its end of season one i think when that was coming out and i i vaguely knew about it but i didn't uh, look at it too much but i just remember going to my friend's house and actually typically i arrive late i'm a very late person although not so much nowadays because i'm in my house um <laughs> but um not such and they were like commute, oh is this <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly from the kitchen to the bedroom um but i we got obviously the pre-gen sheets and everyone else obviously picked their stuff and I arrived later. So I was a bit flustered anyway. I said, okay, Fiona, we thought this would be funny for you. You can play the Halfling Paladin. And the reason it's funny, again, I'll give context for this, is that I'm actually quite a tall uh, person. I'm about like just, just six foot one-ish, mm. uh, maybe just under six foot. And uh, quite, so quite tall for a girl. And also at the time I had a really short uh, dyed blonde haircut, so I looked a lot like uh, Brienne of Tarth from Game of Thrones. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I used to get mis- I used to get mistaken for her at cons and stuff because of just the way I looked. So they're like, "Ha, huh, a knight that's also short. That's hilarious." You know, that <laughs> that's the kind of humor you're going with. And so I sat there, obviously looking at it, going, "Oh God, there's so much here." You know, obviously now I'm like, "Okay, I can read it very easily." Enough. But everyone's going around the room and they go, "My name is." insert fantasy name here and i do this this and this and i'm just there going oh shit i can't remember anyone's name they're all <laughs> ridiculous fancies what am i going to do and it gets to me and i just called myself susan and my goal as susan was to uh basically just forward the, the word of susan and everyone else was just was just lesser susans until they proved themselves to be a susan and that was pretty much my motivation for for six months um because i just couldn't remember anyone's names and it was really funny because there'd be bits where we were discussing and i'd be like no lesser susan you need to listen to lesser susan about this me as susan i can you know um <laughs> it got me it, it was worked really well with me learning how to do pronouns for, for folk as well because turns out if you use susan as a pronoun <laughs> it really 
it only gets your head but it's from just a there, solid bit as well being like <laughs> yeah i because i was i didn't mean to be the comedy element it was just more me go i'll do it for one and if i hate it i, I won't come back and then obviously fell in love with it yeah and it got to like maybe six months in we still we were playing like the the D star wars so the lost minds of fandelver hmm. we we completely bypassed quite a lot of it <laughs> we were really bad <laughs> i keep you on track but from that i was like well we're only meeting once a month because of schedules well, we could meet more if I run the game, because <laughs> I or I could I can try doing it. So I, you know, again, that sort of thing where you dip your toes in, you buy a couple of books. Uh, I think then, like uh, Grant Howard, who is like obviously everyone knows a Grant Howard game, if not, uh, you know, Honey Heist for sure is obviously exploding yeah, yeah. popularity. Um, and I, I looked at that and I was like, that's really easy to run. All of, all of these things are really easy to run, and. Then, you know, friendship groups changed and stuff. And I met uh, my current uh, D&D group with Ryan. And Ryan was like, oh, I really love uh, D&D. Have you heard of 5th edition? And I was like, yes, I'm playing it. And he was like, what? I've only played 3.5. And so talking about that and then slowly but surely roping other people in to play our first very short campaign mm. and then going on to playing the current one and stuff like that. It's just, yeah, it's just such a, it's really cool, I think, just finding out that people are also nerds about it. And going going back to the Quidditch thing, I remember we were at practice and stuff and I was listening to, I've been listening to stuff like um The Adventure Zone with the uh, McElroy brothers and, and father and that whole yeah. p- a premise of like the youngest son was DMing for three people and most of that was completely homebrew as well and completely ridiculousness as well yeah. and I just remember these people obviously they're like oh we're really interested in Dungeons and Dragons and, so, and I said well if you're not too fresh about rules and stuff listen to this I got them all hooked on Adventure Zone <laughs> and, then, and then we all stopped after uh, Amnesty because uh, Amnesty is, um, in case you're uh, not aware, so the, the first arc they have is like Balance, which is called basically D&D with bits of twists in it. And then they have, they change it to one about monsters and monster hunters uh, using the Monster of the Week system, which is excellent. And now they've kind of gone back to D&D, which is more of a Harry Potter-based one. But I was like, it was, it was nice to see such a quick flip into tr- trying different systems and, and having other people listen to it and actually talking to people about it. So, mm. so yeah, that's how I, that's a really long, winded way of how i got into um into sort of playing rpgs but it was quite a short transition from playing them to running them because hmm. like i said i'm one of those people who just goes i really like this i want to do more of it i'm not gonna wait for anyone else to do more of it yeah. i want to do it what's the most efficient way for me to do more of this sort of oh, exactly Cause, cause yeah. I, i'm sure you have this as well when sometimes you you do something you go i really enjoy this and then you you show the people who go oh we really enjoy it too and you're like great we should do more of it together and they go yes and i go Shall I organise a doodle poll? And they go, okay, <laughs> <I'm> like great, because <laughs> uh, I I have meetings and stuff when I when I offer like a suggestion for something. They go, that sounds great, and I go, should I do that then? And they go, um, yes. And I'm like, okay, I just wanted you to tell me yes, because otherwise I'll just do it without you telling me. Yeah, so. <laughs> the whole like yeah, as you say, kind of friend groups sort of um, mm-hmm. switching around. You kind of find the people who are up for playing as well. As I've definitely found that. Mm. Um, I mean, when I first kind of started doing RPGs, it was very much like I, I'd kind of stumbled across um, the Star Wars Saga Edition as mm. a sort of thing. At the time, um, sort of nobody I knew really, as far as I knew, sort of into D&D and stuff and everything. And I, even myself, I hadn't gotten D&D myself. Mm-hmm. But it was something you kind of hear about over years. You know, it's referenced on The Simpsons and Futurama and stuff as a sort yeah. of, oh, that's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I kind of I, I 
I don't know. I can't remember if I downloaded it or whatever, but I got a hold of the Star Wars one. I was like, oh, I really want to play this. Oh, no one's going to run this for me. No one will ever run this for me. I guess I'll yep. have to run the game myself. It, it kind yep. of started out as like, here's some people who are nerdy stuff. Let's somehow convince them to, you know, get into it with mm-hmm. me. And, you know, the group sort mm-hmm. of shifts and things and that. And yeah, and eventually here we are. <laughs> I, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, a, it's that sort of like, if you don't do it, it will never happen. Yeah, so there's no yeah. point in in wishing things were going and and maybe i don't i obviously I don't, i'm I, i'm not aware of that like I, it sounds like you have you always dm'd or have you played in longer campaigns as well or have you always been the default dm in your groups i'm usually the the, the default dm so definitely on on the podcast here although um mm-hmm. uh, we have had we did run a short uh shadow run campaign which um oh, cool. uh, my friend eden who's involved in a lot of our other um, storylines did run that one for us mm. most of the time though i end up being the dm i have played in a few a couple of longer campaigns actually on penance rpg i played on mm. um they did a sort of adaptation of curse of Strahd that i played in and cool. um then a sort of 100 percent um oh no was it based on something i think it's based on the game descent i think actually the other one oh cool um which was yeah. a lot of fun uh I find these days I have less and less, uh, well, especially with, obviously with yeah. the situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, most the of the event. Time, yeah. Don't remember the event. <laughs> Don't yeah, talk yeah. about the event. Don't think about the event. Stay yeah. indoors. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, most of the time, if I'm playing it, is podcast related these days. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, so the, re- the reason I ask is that, like, I so currently I I so I run obviously the odd one shot or two for the podcast, which mm. I try and aim for doing like running. Elite oh, recording to a month, and then I have my regular D and D campaign. But I just find that, like some some DMs just never get to play, and that's not necessarily the, their fault or the players' fault. But there's like I it, we, like so it's so funny that you mentioned the Curse of Strahd. So I recently uh, treated myself to the the Strahd Revisited box, mm. which is I. So I was one of those people who was like, oh, do I need to rebuy it? Because I do, I need cards. Do I need the cool GM screen? Because no one's going to be here. Turns out I did. Because um, <laughs> not only it's it's very very beautiful and really really cool. Um, it's a softback book, and oh, just being able to pick up one of the D and D books without its binding coming loose is so magical. <laughs> and and it's lightweight and stuff. But anyway, that's beside the point. Because I bought it, and I was looking through it, and I'm like, oh, because I. Again, one of the other things I was very passionate about when I was a, a teenage girl, uh, I read Dracula. When I was younger, I was like, a proper goth phase. I was like, yes, this is great. I read Dracula and then I read Twilight. I go, this is terrible. Why are people doing <laughs> So I, I immersed myself in like, uh, you know, the Anne Rice and uh, all that sort of thing. And then obviously looking at Strahd, I was like, this is a cool campaign. It's very, you know, dark, uh, uh, you know, horror and stuff with some lighter moments. And I talked about it to, to Medea, the, the group, and everyone was like, that sounds really good. You should run it. You should run it. And I was like, well, I'd love to run it. And then the, the DM, Ryan, was uh, messaged me and said, Please, could you run it? So I never get to play. Um, and 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 then I I've sort of said it. It's like, all right, well, we'll do it. We'll make it completely online. We'll do it every two weeks because people's schedules and stuff. Uh, here's a doodle poll. We're going to start doing it, but have a think about the character. Don't don't think about too much about backstory. But and already I've been sent little messages from going. Would, would it be okay if I played this? And I'm like, yeah, of course. So like, oh, brilliant. And then you could, it's just <laughs> such a joy because you know the person that's been running your campaign for the last few years and only ever gets to. They run it you know they've got their own world and they you know they're comfortable with that and enjoy it's playing around with that but there's something delicious about him being 
being able to do more than just a one shot mm. for him because we've done one shots together before and, and he's really enjoyed that but just be like do you, do you want to have more than three sessions with this character absolutely then and then you can build on that so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that we're only going to do that i think the in from march onwards basically when i'm getting all this podcast stuff like scheduled and then about right we're going to do this on the side as well <laughs> again like i said i've got all these projects on the go but i'm really really looking forward to running that actually that'll be my first proper long campaign mm. and it would just yeah just and i quite like being able to give uh dms or gms of other podcasts or anything like that just to ha- for them to have a go because not again it's not necessarily uh, anyone's fault that they don't get to play but it's just so nice to be able to sit back and let's you know ha- enjoy a session yourself i've had it done recently for me twice actually we had um we had richard from the d20 future show run the expanse for us Oh, and I nice. really enjoyed that. I've ne- again, it's one of those games where I was like, "This sounds really fun," and the lore was really interesting. But I'd never watched the TV show, I'd never read the game, and so it was just nice for someone else to who was clearly very clued up on it and can and could run it for us. Mm. It, oh, it felt so good, and I was like <laughs> very relieved. And then we recently had our very first uh, Warhammer fantasy role playing by from Chris from Darker Days Radio run it for us, and that was really cool. Again, very very different style of GMing. A very different style of game, but we equally enjoyable. Like again, a bit more crunchy than I would have liked. But it was one of those games where I was like, I'm so glad I have to run this and I can just enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so yeah, it's just it's just something great about that. And just being willing to try it is just yeah, amazing. So yeah, I, I highly recommend if you're a player and you you think you, your DM does not get a chance to to play, run something for them because they'll be very grateful for it. Are you listening, my players? Are you listening? Yeah. Hint, hint. I've not been, all right, you can pay me afterwards, AJ. Uh. <laughs> yeah, no, I'd say that's... I'm not saying I never get to play, It's, it, but it definitely oh. just... It's just the way it falls sometimes. Of just You end up being like, okay, I, I guess I'm running this again, sort of thing. I guess, um, I guess as long as you don't mind. Because I think it's, it's more like, as long as... For me, it's more making sure that players do offer... To, to run games every so often just to give the, the DM a break like we've all had weeks where we've gone you know what there is no story this week I am running on fumes uh, mm. let's not let's not play let's cancel or take a night off because yeah. even though that's for me playing role playing games certainly being able to play uh, my weekly game has been quite uh, a little light currently and it's like okay it's because we do it on Mondays. It's like okay, it's the start of the week, so it's D and D night. Hooray, you know, and looking forward to it. And if you know if the DM's not feeling up to it or feel like they can't, you know, run the game to the the best that they they feel they can do, that well, I don't want that as a player. I want to be able to you know, selfishly be able to play, but also you know, I want to make sure everyone's enjoying their time at the table. So if if I if I could take a session and then just we can all play, you know, bears trying to steal honey for a honey heist. <laughs> So be it, because that, that's really straightforward. And it's silly, and it's just something different. Like, I remember uh, we had a night off, so I, I ran. Uh, my, my go-to for running games on, on nights off, which aren't recorded, is just Jason Statham's Big Vacation, the Grant Howitt uh, one, where essentially you're all entourage for Jason Statham, and you've got to make sure he has a good time on his holiday. And it's just great, because you, as, as the GM, as Jason Statham, you could just be a big baby uh, with an East London accent. <laughs> And and you can demand things, and people obviously people are trying their best to, to justify it. And you honestly, I think we we ended the session like cry laughing, like <laughs> almost not not at the point of vomiting, but we just we, I just remember like so many people with red faces, and you know, when you have aching faces from smiling so much, 
And it was just such a joy to, to do that and be like, okay, next week we go back to the grim fantasy world, but today yeah. we play to switch it <laughs> we play up entourages. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a lot of fun playing, um, cause obviously we, we played together on, um, uh, Richard was running that um, as part of Dragon Meat, wasn't he? Um, Jason That's Statham's. so true. I forgot. Yes, yeah. yes, that's it. Yeah, that was. I would say that was a, a breakneck speed. That uh, that game wasn't it? <laughs> jammed into an hour. Poor, poor but, Richard. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of fun, fun with that. Um, yeah, that, that 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 was good. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was kind of um, struggling to find my place at the start of it because uh, I was playing the private security. And mm-hmm. obviously, it's like, well, what do, at what point do I jump in here and say, like, oh no, I want to be checking things out because Jason Statham's running right ahead and jumping into this lake, and I need mm. to do something. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that was fun. if the VOD is still available on Richard's uh, on D Twenty Future Shows page. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't. Oh, I'm hoping it is because that that was a real fun game, and I hope people can I, check it out. I think so. Either that, or it might be podcast did in some way i think mm. i don't know is the answer to that. but yeah if it's still on there it was such a good fun session yeah. as well yeah like you said at breakneck speed because we had less than an hour <laughs> we we did uh mess about for a little bit of it, so. yeah yeah <laughs> that was a fun time though that, that was good to be able to be part of that um just the day of streams yes. as well you, you did um yeah. did you do a solo rpg that day as well didn't you i did um, yeah so it was my first ever live stream for any convention i'm supposed to again uh, sorry super boring as you can tell i go off at tangents very quickly um i was supposed to do my very first live show for the podcast in april last year in 2020 at uh, there's a place called bonus stage in croydon hmm. and everyone was gonna come it was really really good and fun and then of course lockdown happened and i was like it's fine it's like four weeks away and then four weeks came and, and left and i never got to do it so i never did a like a run a, a show that was going to be streamed online or one for a convention and uh, um, uh, our mutual friend uh, Mira, who runs the uh, podcast zone, mm. I just got a message the week before saying, "I don't suppose you fancy closing out Dragon Meat with something?" And I was like, "Yes." What time? She was like, oh, "It's ten to midnight." I was like, "Oh, right, no one's going to be around, <laughs> so I might as well just do a solo RPG." And the one that's always been on my my list for a little while was Thousand Year Old Vampire, which has won like three Ennies, and it's quite a few people's uh, game of the year for twenty twenty. Right. And the idea is that it's just um, you you are a thousand year old vampire and you make the, the vampire and then you roll a d10 and a d6 and then you take the results of the d6 away from the d10 and if it's a positive number you move forward that number of uh, page prompts if it's negative you move back and if it's uh, on zero you stay on the same page but answer the second prompt and the third prompt etc hmm, that sounds like such a fun game it's so it's so much fun it's only like the base game there's like 88 page prompts and then if you play it several times you can uh, do variation stuff but what's the the big key thing here is that your vampire has obviously been around for a long time. You can only hold a certain number of memories in, in your head. You can hold up to like five memories, each of which have like three experiences, which are like one or two lines. Mm. And if you can't, if you run out of space, you have to lose a memory because it's like, oh, it's not important anymore. Or you can transfer it to uh, a diary that you have. Uh, so you can you know keep the ones there, and it could be like a, a leather-bound tome, it could be like scraps of paper, etc. But what happens is that most prompts will ask you to change something, so either add a memory or other, or uh, check a skill that you have or lose a resource. If you lose your diary, you lose those memories completely. Ooh. And it happened to me, uh, not on the live show, it happened to me when I recorded the second part. I think I lost the diary like within the second prompt. And it took away so much. It was actually quite, it, not devastating, but I was like, oh my goodness, I don't remember anything <laughs> of important anymore. And it was just, just working that through and actually doing a solo rpg for a live show because uh, i because i do quite a few solo rpgs on the podcast just now because 
uh, again, went into lockdown. I was like, right, what can I do mm. uh, uh, in, in the days when I'm not seeing people? And quite a lot of solo RPGs are about themes about loneliness and being alone. So only do them if you're in the right headspace, I'd say. But <laughs> there's this, yeah, there's something about Thousand Year Old Vampire where you, you're making this character and the way you perform it and speak aloud. And that's the thing I've learned is that when you're doing solo RPGs for a podcast, just being able to speak your thoughts aloud, not worry too much about editing yourself. Obviously, afterwards, maybe editing some of the pauses out or some of the big breaths and stuff. But yeah, Thousand Year Old Vampire by Tim Hutchings, I highly recommend. It's on Ichiko for like $15 or less, or if you want a really nice, fancy, uh, thick volume, you can buy it from the website. Or if you look at, um, I think it's, I got mine from a place called Third Space Gaming in Burnley. It's a, a local, uh, friendly, uh, not video game store, but friendly, friendly game, game store. store. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So again, my, my brain is going now. Clearly <laughs> got rid of that memory um, because the shipping fees are extortionate from America. But I, mm. there was some, I, thought, I thought I will treat myself to a physical book. And when it arrived, it was so pretty. Um, and being able to flip back and forth as well. Yeah. So yeah, highly recommend that. Thousand Year Old Vampire was so much fun. Really fun. Awesome. Um, okay, well, we're probably at the, at the point where we should be talking about what's coming up next on your on your podcast. What's um, what have uh, listeners got to look forward to on? Well, I guess on what am I rolling and DMs Book Club <laughs> are coming up in the next. Uh, well, if if stuff is planned, I would say <laughs> uh, stuff is planned. Um, yeah, no, sorry, I just, just opened the file on my computer of all the audio I need to edit. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've got stuff like the Expanse we've just done, uh, the uh, Warhammer game that will come out. I recently finished a solo game called uh, Below, which is a again a solo journaling day for ten days where your character gets lost in a, a strange and unfamiliar place. Think like the upside down essentially, and it's about right. how do you get back. And I'll put it this way: it is it is one of those RPGs where you have to go. It's very lonely and can be upsetting. You know, only listen. I've had to put content notes at the beginning, but that mm. that was really fun to record uh, every day for ten days. Uh, there's another game, a sort of RPG called Artifact, which is a slightly more upbeat one in the sense that you are playing a magical artifact, be it a weapon, be it a piece of jewelry or something like that, and you describe your story as your past between owners and what happens to them because of you. Okay. Um, which is really fun because again, you can go all the way from like fantasy realms all the way to present day yeah. and beyond. Interesting change of perspective so, from, I guess, yeah, you, you sort of more mainstream RPG. I was, I'm trying to think of the way. Yeah, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I guess because when you think of items and stuff, you're like, oh, it's something that, you, well, you are the person having the item equipped to, but this is purely from the, uh, the items perspective and you can mm. you can probably customize what you are whether you're like a musical instrument if you're like i said a piece of jewelry or painting or something like that um that was really good fun the other the, the big one i did recently though there's a there's a um where just where do i start with this one so i was uh emailed by two people called uh, james park and ben costa who are graphic novelists in california yes they, they always live in california don't they um, um <laughs> And they'd written a, a series of books called Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo. And it's very, they say it's Muppets meets Adventure Time. That sort of like, like that sort of cutesiness, but also has a real sense of like, you know, oh, we're in a dungeon, yeah, etc. Yeah. So there's, there's a really cool bit because I read the, they sent me the books to read, which again was really, really cool for them to do that. Uh, they, and it starts off 
with the subterranean pits and lairs limited company <laughs> uh, you know it's taking over certain bits and pieces so it has a little bit of corporate a little bit of thing and beautifully 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 illustrated and a really cool story and they created music for it as well oh, wow. um but yeah. they they've just started doing uh their own uh rpg system based on uh these books and it's called the land of eam which is available on drive through rpg it's a d12 system uh, uh very straightforward and if you think you only use d12s and then there are so much when i was reading it through there's so many tables for the dm to get inspired by and, and put something and it's all the the tones of it they sort of splits up into like really happy tones uh uh sort of mid-level tones and then like all grim dark tones be careful but all the characters have a little flavor to them like we ran uh, a game you start off in wally's which is like the main tavern in the used to be forest and wally's <laughs> there's like happy dunstan the bar fly uh, people playing <laughs> cards and stuff uh, but wally's is being taken over by the the sub terranian lairs and pits limited uh, you need to go find the deed which is in the basement but there are there are rats down there which are not happy about it and you uh, a bit of a spoiler but you face off against uh king click which is this massive rat a teeny tiny paper hat which says wallies on it um <laughs> and it's just again it's very cute it's very funny we we spent most of the time just having fun with the role playing of that game because it was just it was so flavorful yeah, and interesting the, the, the advice yeah the advice for it was really good and i will say in the full rule book, again, there's, there's like hundreds and hundreds of different tables for story hooks and stuff. There's a really cool one about um, uh, encounters in dungeons or like dungeon obstacles and traps. And one of them was just simply um, there's something guarding the way, and it's it says what is a good password. And <laughs> the idea is each of the players have to give what they think is a good password, and then they have to roll to see if it's if the person who also agrees. Uh, otherwise, they critique them on their, uh, on their <laughs> password <choice>. strength skills. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought that was such a funny, again, just a little bit different way of, of you know, doing a, tr a traditional um, dungeon. There's also like one I quite liked, which was the cross crossbow chandelier, where you look up, there's just a chandelier just made out of crossbows. And obviously, if you go underneath it, you get shot. But if you dance underneath it, you won't get shot. But you, you don't tell the players that. So you have to see them <laughs> it's a fun work little this out themselves. They can make their way through. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, so Land of Eam, um, and I interviewed the designers for that as well. Uh, yeah, like I said, uh, James Parks and, and Ben Costa. Um, so that will be coming out soon as well. And yeah, yeah. so I always, have a, I, see, I always have a lot on the go. Once I record stuff, it just sits on the hard drive waiting to be edited. Mm. Um, so that's, yeah, what are my rollings? Fine. We've got the second season of DM's Book Club coming up. We've got... Um, episodes on uh, the Heroes Feast cookbook that's coming out. We talk about dryads, and we found some poetry about dryads, which is quite fun. Um, looked at the... Uh, we looked at uh, the customization stuff in Tasha's and the new things with psychics. Uh, and then we've got a few other guest hosts coming up for that, a couple of which have decided that they want to talk about their home game, which will, which will be really fun, actually. We just need to find a book to tie it to. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but it, it's quite cool because we've we had to plan it so after they've done the finale, then they can talk to me about it. I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's all cooking away. Right? So I clearly got loads on going on just now. So yeah, yeah. It's all good. A lot, uh, lot of things to look forward to for listeners then. So, um, projects. <laughs> yeah, a lot of projects. <laughs> uh, I'm, yeah, again, I'm definitely feeling that at the moment with my, my project list is just, it keeps growing and I just, 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. how I work is like make a bunch of project files and eventually get around to them. Um, yeah, 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 pretty much. <laughs> um, okay, so where, where can our listeners find you on, uh, on I guess, social media and uh, podcast places and things and that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the what am I rolling on Twitter and Instagram is just at wair underscore podcast. Uh, there's a proper website and everything for it. It's just uh, www.wairpodcast.com. Uh, and you can find the podcast pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts. So, you know, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Podbean, uh, not SoundCloud anymore, because turns out SoundCloud is rubbish. Mm. Um, <laughs> don't, don't sue me, SoundCloud. Uh, uh, <laughs> All that sort of thing. And DMs Book Club doesn't have a proper website yet because I just can't afford to have that up yet. But it's uh, you can find it on Podbean uh, and on and all the other old bits and pieces. And that's also on Twitter at the DMs DMs Book Club, all one word uh, with, with an S in it as well. So DMs Book Club. And yeah, come find us there. Come come chat to us about D and D or any other RPGs. Um, as you can tell, I can talk for ages. On it, so. <laughs> yeah awesome so um i guess we'll we'll kind of uh bring things to a close there thanks so much for for joining me for this interview um i hope you had fun (laughs) i got to talk for an hour and a half and you barely (laughs) talked so i feel great so i can only feel how you feel it's it's all good um uh i should probably uh, this is talking about plugging stuff i should probably point people towards our own things where where could people find you aj what what, what do you do thank you thanks for asking um (laughs) (laughs) well you can find us as always on uh, twitter facebook and instagram all of which we're at pretend with dice um one of these days i will remember to post to instagram again um you can also <laughs> you can find our, our Ko-Fi page at co-fi.com slash pretending with dice. And uh, the option is still there to become our first person to ever email us at pretending with dice at outlook.com. <laughs> Nearly four yep, years in, not a feeling. single email. It's going well. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, as I said at the beginning, this has been the first of a, a new series of interview episodes that we're, we're doing. So uh, yeah, keep an eye out for... Uh, a few more over the next uh, next few weeks and such. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what order they're going out, so I can't tell you guys who we're talking to next. But um, well, yeah, it's a mystery. It's a mi- yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. It's, that'll keep you coming back to keep seeing who we've got on next time. I mean, you know, <laughs> or just look at the episode titles, whichever. But it's all good. Um, so yeah, thanks once again for joining me, Fiona. It's been it's been a lot of fun. No thank and, you. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see everybody later. Have a good one.